Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 3, titled Mission Creep. Uh, Yet another very, very solid episode uh, that works on a few levels. See, on on the more surface level, you get this really cool... Uh, point break in undercover story with Reese infiltrating this gang of former soldiers turned uh, thieves who steal from banks and casinos and such. And you get this cool, uh, really awesome dynamic that is played out in a very, very clever way. But on a deeper character focus level, you get to see. More of Reese as a soldier. And Reese's struggles with what happened when he came back. Uh, Reese's struggles to transition from a life outside of the military. Which is something that a lot of ex-soldiers struggle with. This episode does an amazing, amazing job of exploring just the whole cycle of naive young people get swept up in military service very admirably. They go through hell watching horrors, watching friends die, going through some very, very awful situations, and then returning home to a country that only kinda sorta gives a shit, and doesn't really support them at all, and so they kinda just go about in this aimless way, and not all of them are able to rebound. Quite a few of them, like these soldiers we see here, turn to crime because it's the only way they can be useful for anything. And because, like, John Reese has this level of sympathy and kind of has this level of, like, I get it, I understand what it's like to be in the military and then come back and then struggle with that transition... Hell, that's how we first met him, with him struggling through that transition, among other things. Uh, But because Reese has that base level of sympathy, he does kind of make choices that wouldn't necessarily be... Wouldn't necessarily be of standard knowledge. Like, of 
standard goings on. I I I had the word on the tip of my tongue and I completely forgot about it. Uh, it wouldn't exactly be standard procedure. Like Finch immediately wants to be like, okay, well he's robbing banks. Let's put him in jail. Turn him over to the cops before someone gets hurt. This is clearly the only way to protect him or someone else if he's the perpetrator. And Reese is like, no, 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 no. There has to be a reason why. There has to be a reason why. Uh, there has to be uh, some some greater purpose behind him turning to bank robbery. And we find out that is a friend of his died in uh, Afghanistan, left behind a daughter, and he's doing this to pay uh, for the daughter's college. Which is admirable enough. But, like, if Finch had his way, and if we were going based off of the normal black and white scenario, we would have just thrown him in jail for that. But Reese, knowing that, like, having been in his shoes... To a certain extent, is like, no, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what this is. Uh, let's see why he's doing this. And that actually does pay off. Because it turns out this is a good person who just was dealt a really, really crappy hand. By the way, before we get too far away from the soldier angle, uh, I want to talk about this bar scene. Where Reese and... Uh, this ex-soldier guy, I forget the character's name, I'm an idiot. Uh, they're sitting down and talking about the struggles of coming back from military service. And they mention the recession. Because remember, this came out in 2011. So this was still fully in recession mode. And the dude talks about how, like, the bankers screwed this country and all that. And then a couple, uh... Rich banker types go up to them and are like, Hey, what are you saying about bankers ruining this country? We struggled too. You just need to adapt. And oh my god. Words cannot describe how happy it made me when Reese just started beating these guys up. <laughs> because oh my god. <sighs> You were rich, and now you're slightly less rich. Boo-hoo. Like, ugh. It's not the same. Jesus Christ. What assholes. Uh, but anyway, this, this story plays out in a really, really phenomenal way. And then it builds to the eventual, the, the eventual betrayal uh, by their superior, by Latimer. We have the reveal that apparently... Uh, Carter's been over here wondering why, uh, these guys have done over a dozen robberies and they haven't broken down as a crew. And it's because it's not always the same crew. Turns out every few jobs, uh, they sort of wipe the slate clean and kill everyone. And then bring in some more suckers to replace them. And that's what Latimer is doing... With this new job getting one single item from uh, Evidence Lockup. They pull off this job 
And then immediately Latimer, upon getting the thing, starts shooting his own crew. And then Reese is able to get uh, the number out of there. And is like, hey, look. Leave. Get out of the city. Get your girlfriend who loves you. Stop ignoring her for this... uh, For this life of crime that you're doing. Get her and leave. And we get a nice ride into off into the sunset for him. All the other two members of the crew are dead. And the fourth that John replaced. (laughs) Got a brutal framing from Finch. Wow! (laughs) I love that taxi scene. Good God, man. That that was the stuff of legend as far as frame-ups go. Oh, there's also this really phenomenal moment where Carter and Reese talk over the radio. Carter has her big guy-in-the-suit confrontation. And it's really, really cool and really, really awesome. And I love that. But then we get our ending with a little nugget of what they were stealing in that last evidence lockup job. Because, let's try and remember, Latimer, while he was the ringleader of this specific operation, is not the end-all, be-all. He's not the kingpin here. He is working for someone else. And that someone else asked him to ask his guys to get this one piece of evidence from this one specific case file. And it was evidence from a box labeled... Elias. The name of some guy who the police had evidence against took a file and a knife from that evidence lockup. Latimer handed it off. And then when Reese went to take care of Latimer, someone beat him to it. He did the handoff, and then his superiors killed him. So now we're left with a bit of a mystery. Who is Elias? And what was that evidence? Ba-bum-bum! Yeah, uh, that name, without spoiling anything, that name's a big deal in Person of Interest. Like, we just saw the first nugget of a major, major plotline. I will leave it at that. Uh, anyway, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just to push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468. 
and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Uh, if you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, uh, which I put out exclusively on that platform uh, once a month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 4. Talk to you then.